Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Transforming 45. This week, I have two humans in the studio with me. It's been a little while. I've been doing long distance interviews for the past couple of weeks, and I haven't had two folks in my space before. So this is very exciting. Uh, and I am really thrilled to welcome Karen Cullicat and Karen Kessler to Transforming 45. Also, um, apparently, <laughs> really wants to be a part of this week's broadcast. Uh, so I came into contact with Karen and Karen in April of this year in a very um, synchronous meeting with another woman in our region who happened to be a coach and we happened to cross paths. And she said, are you looking for community? <laughs> and I said, having been an educator for 20 years, being alone on a regular basis has been a real struggle. So I am absolutely looking for community. And she said, well, I think that you would be a really good fit for the big blue door. Have you heard of the Karens? And I was like, <laughs> no, <laughs> I have not heard of the Karens. Can you tell me more about that, please? Uh, and the following week, I entered into their Wednesday connection day. Yep. And I have not looked back since. It's been one of the best things I have done in this new journey by a long shot. So I am going to let each individual Karen <laughs> tell you about their story. And, and I am really looking forward to this conversation. So yay, welcome. Hi, I'm Karen Collicutt. I also go by Casey. And we so love having you in our community. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Uh, so I, my sort of, I'll do my little transition mm -hmm. story. So, uh, 23 years ago, I was working, I had a house, had a husband trucking along, working a ton and, uh, went to bed one day and woke up in the hospital. I'd had a seizure in the night and, um, went through sort of the next three years of, uh, unwinding what was essentially a plumbing problem in my brain. So, you know, just that. <laughs> what it was for me though, was this uh, real exploration of sort of who I am in the world, how I show up, um, you know, when you have an opportunity to sort of face death, a possibility of death, then you start to really assess what happens in your world and what's important. and. Uh, so for me, that was sort of the start of my personal development journey. And, you know, I'd always been interested in exploring all kinds of stuff, but this was like the, the place where I started to learn a lot more about who I am and how I show up in the world. And along the way, really started to dive into particularly personal development, um, leadership excellence. I uh, started my own business, started working with people in, uh, around leadership, specifically around money, managing mm -hmm. their money and, and focusing on uh, creating the kind of space that they were looking for, uh, their relationship, making friends with their money. Yeah. And, um, and then over the years, I met this one and uh, I got a lot more on skill, particularly around helping people create change in their world. Mm. and the kind of transformation that they for each person was looking for to move towards personal leadership for themselves and so it went from money to sort of that much broader conversation around leadership uh having that 
that time in in my own life where things change like that and learning the process of change. We ended up writing a book around change. So this was, you know, for me, a lot of sort of how I show up is um, inviting people to create, uh, to, to notice what's happening in their world and how they can step into their own change more gracefully. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that story. It's interesting to me, a theme that's been coming up in conversations a lot lately is this thing happened in my body yeah. and then it made me pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. And that seems to be what is becoming the ignition for women in particular, or women who, sh people who show up as women in the world, is that they are finally starting to tune into what is happening in their body. And it's, well, I mean, they ignored it long enough yeah. that it became a real kick, but, That's right. but they're starting to really listen to it and, and show up in a different way. So thank you for sharing yeah. your story. Beautiful. I was starting to wonder where I was going to start because there's like <laughs> a zillion, so much, right? Yeah. There's just sort of an ongoing transportation, transportation and uh -huh. transformation uh -huh. in my world. And I think for me on, on this theme, it was really wanting to go either external for solutions or into my mind, my thinking mind mm -hmm. in order to solve what I believed my problems were. I, for so long, I really believed that if I could figure it out, that I could, if I could just find the right lock or find the right key for this lock, everything would be fine. And so, you know, I had a number of different careers and it was always about being super successful and showing up based on how other people thought. Like when I was in government, I would be in a position until I couldn't do any more to shock and awe people about how amazing I was. Mm -hmm. I was just getting exhausted, right? I can't do anymore. And I'm like, oh no. And so I'd move to another position, which is great. With 65,000 jobs in the government, you just keep moving around, right? And then I just got exhausting. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started to learn. I thought that I ran into this whole basket of keys, <laughs> Right. Learning about the professional development piece, learning about myself and how it is I work and how I tick and all that's great and still trying to do it all intellectually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Still an intellectual process, which only got me so far. Mm -hmm. And I even end up having a huge problem with stress at one point and having a psychotherapist tell me that, you know what, sweetie, you are like overdeveloped intellectually and underdeveloped emotionally. And I I don't know what you're speaking of. <laughs> it was shocking and distressing yeah. to hear that because I didn't like emotions. Emotions were very tangly and gross and disgusting. And I just didn't go there. I think I cried twice the entire time I was a teenager. Like it was wow. so dissociated. Yeah. And so my emotions leaked out everywhere around me. Like I was really codependent in my first marriage. I was even ended up being obsessive a little bit. Like it was, it would just leak out everywhere. And then I would run around intellectually to try to explain it all. Like it was the most dog chasing the tail thing you've mm. ever seen. That sounds familiar to me. And, yeah. and I am just only recently feeling not ashamed of it, more like, Oh, sweetie. <laughs> yeah. You were doing the best you could yeah. and you didn't know any better. And it's really been only in the last probably half a dozen years that started really getting around to feeling all the feelings and understanding how 
the the greater the depth that I can go inside, the louder I can hear what I'm saying to myself, my messages, right? Like mm -hmm. it didn't necessarily have to be a physical thing, but building this integration between my mind and my body to have it working as a single team in wholeness has changed everything. Yeah. And I would say the number one thing for me that I notice the moment my mind got quiet instead of all time was like, there wasn't any fear. Mm. When the fear shut off, everything just got quiet. Yes, it did. It got very quiet. <laughs> and the nice thing about that is now there's, there's peace, mm -hmm. right? Which means if my body is sending me a message, I hear it right away. And it's like, what do you need? Mm -hmm. How can I help you? Right. I, I realized how much my body likes the rebounder and the hammock. My brain likes to swash. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like likes it so much. Yeah. I sit in my hammock and just swing. I sit out sideways. Mm -hmm. So it's just like a swing when I was a kid and yeah. I just swing on it. Right. And I have these little team meetings. I bring the dog out with me, sits in my lap, we have a little team meeting and we swing in the hammock or I bounce on the rebounder. And it just makes my whole body happy. And it has nothing to do. In fact, I can't think. There's no thinking yep. that's just, happening. Just sloshing. It. Just sloshing. And it's amazing. <laughs> and I love it. And it's, I have so much more trust now. Like I really feel like I can sit in myself and it's like, I don't have to, I don't worry about what I'm going to say or how I'm going to sound like all the stuff I used yeah. to worry about all the time. I'm just like, I know everything's going to be okay. Yeah. There's this inner knowing and it's so like, I could just show up and know that however I'm needed yeah. is great. And if it's not me and it's somebody else, great. Like 10 years ago, if you had shown up in the community as brilliant and wise as you are, I would have felt threatened by you. Mm. Now I'm excited that you're there because you have wisdom and experience and perspectives I don't have. And I want everybody to have them. Mm. When other mm -hmm. people in the community show up with their wisdom and share like that, yes, yes. My ego, my brain would not have felt safe with that 10 years ago mm -hmm. at all. And I know that in my core. Now we're like, oh, we've got another cool person in. <laughs> what are they going to bring? It's so fun. Yeah. It's such a powerful stance to come from because it was one of a thousand things that always felt very discordant for me in my education world is that, I mean, it is a system that is grounded in competition. Yes. Right. The whole thing. Yep. And so competition exists between students and between the adults in the system. Yeah. And I always really struggled with that because my perspective always was, but we're all on the same team. We're trying to, yes. you know, we want to create a space where good humans can grow and learn and thrive. And if we are like this with each other, how can, how can we do that? But that's a different evolution of thinking. Yeah. But, and right. they're, and they can't benefit from your thinking because it's not where they are. Yes. And that was a 20 year, very painful journey. Thank you. Thank you for summing it up so beautifully in two sentences. Yes. There's my book. Because honestly, um, you sound like Charlie Brown's teacher. You're like, wah, wah, wah. 
Not mm-hmm. too close. But like yes. to them, right? Like that's oh. they can't even they can't even hear you. No. But I hear you. Well, yeah, that's what we're creating. Yes. Right? yes. <laughs> Which is why it feels so good to be yeah. in this space. And I was I was having a conversation with a, a friend and former colleague of mine. And I <laughs> this thing had happened that was still a little bit of carryover from my former life. And she said, could you imagine any of the people that you have met in your life now doing that thing? And I said, absolutely not. (laughs) And she said, that's how you know, Right. right? You are in the right place when you are with people who challenge your thinking. Yeah. Right. Like when you ask that question, how do you want to work? It was this like, oh, yeah, that's a thing I really need to think about because I have so much programming. Yes. I mean, we were in a session and I lost it. Like I had a total meltdown, which I don't do very often. And it was the result of the processing of a lot of things. And I still really struggle with the, you know, it, it was my pattern for 40 years. You get up at night at, in the morning, you're at work by 9am, you work for this chunk of time, you take a break, work for this chunk of time. And that I'm understanding more and more, like my sense of worth is so wrapped up in my productivity. Yes. And so that question around how do you want to work is the thing that is unraveling all yeah. of that for me so that I can really start to think through that that is not my value right my value is who i am as a human the spaces that i can make for people yeah. that is my value it's not all this productivity imagine if all of the doing in yeah. a whole week and you got all the check marks but you never had the space to bring in the one piece of wisdom that people needed the most from mm-hmm. him like i would trade mm-hmm. all of the check marks to bring in a piece of wisdom that actually rippled out and made a difference. Mm-hmm. That was the thing when I realized I was actually not creating space for that. Mm-hmm. That stopped me in my tracks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can tell, like I see, as soon as you start into the doing and you haven't given yourself that space during the week, I, I, you get really crunchy. I do. Now that you can recognize it and, and yeah, being able to say, wait a sec, I need to go and swing on the hammock or go bounce on the rebounder or go wash a window. Yeah. Right. Because this is where her brilliance comes, mm-hmm. right. Is, is in those times of percolation and, and, and sort of marinating on ideas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really exciting. It's liberating and completely destabilizing uh-huh. all, at this, all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're sorry. Yay. Yay. And we're not sorry. And we're not sorry. <laughs> it's like those things. It's the work that you do with other people, right? You can, you can make those spaces yeah. for other people to do that and feel safe. And when you have to jump into it as well. Mm-hmm. It's that piece of just trusting that this is what is meant to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We can never see ourselves as well as we can help others, right? Mm -hmm. It's another reason why we need community. We need other people who know us well enough that they can call us out or say, hey, Mm -hmm. you got a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Are you okay? Mm -hmm. Right. And that's another thing that we don't foster. Right. And when I say we, I mean, like society and education in particular, we don't foster that relationship of, hey, I'm noticing this thing. Mm -hmm. 
right? Because it's a competitive environment. It's a competitive. It would, it would be seen as aggression. And mm -hmm. that is not like, we're like, please like poke me if I'm, if yeah. I'm being crunchy. Because mm -hmm. right? sometimes I can't see the forest for the trees, yeah. right? Or uh, as I've said many times, you can't read the label when you're inside the jar. Yeah. Um, yes, absolutely. And I, over the years did a lot of work around assessment and there was my last year and a few years before that I had not given grades in my class. I only did feedback. Oh, I bet that went over well with the, the board. <laughs> oh, well, you know, there's a reason that I, <laughs> but it has. And it was interesting because it was the students who were the highest achievers yeah. who were the most opposed to this idea yes. because they are so defined by I am an A yeah. yep. and that is where my social power lives and that is how mm -hmm. everybody knows who I am and what my value is and so when we started pulling that back it's like no you are not an A you are a human right right and it was that that destabilizing idea, but because we are so grounded in this grades idea yep. and that everybody has their like stamped, you're this and you're this yep. and you're this, it makes it really difficult to have those conversations where we say, hey, notice this thing in, in you and here's a little thing that might help you. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. And what we notice in our community is as people are evolving with their own consciousness and understanding more and more about themselves and how they work in the world, um, their need for permission goes down. Mm -hmm. uh, their need for validation goes down. They start just showing up and actually being the, the less permission and validation they need, the more um, vulnerability they're willing to show, mm -hmm. which is a beautiful, like, as you see that start to go, it's like, because mm -hmm. you're going from external to internal. That's right. Yes. And I can tell that I'm in alignment because I know what it feels like to be aligned. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Nobody else can tell me that. No. And what does, what does it feel like for you? What does alignment feel like for you? Oh, well, that's that no fear place. Like when mm. I'm aligned and my focus is internal, there's a patience, there's a waiting, there's a not getting ahead of myself thing going on. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, even knowing you wanted me to tell your story. And I was like, I don't know. And you were talking, I'm like, no, I still don't know. Mm -hmm. And in the past, I'm like, I have to figure it out or I have to know what the first line is. I'm like, no. And then you were done. I'm like, I still don't know. And then wait, <laughs> oh, now I know. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I would just wait. There's a trusting that happens. When I get out of alignment, I start getting ahead of myself or I try to align with somebody else or yes. something else instead of me. Yes. Did that answer the question? Yeah. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah. And I'm much the same. Like I, uh, it, I start going external, right? I'm like, how, what do they need? What are they going to want? What are they thinking? And, it, and I, I think when I'm aligned, I, it, I can feel it in my body. It just feels relaxed and grounded. I can feel like a forward kind mm -hmm. of like anticipatory sense and, um, it just feels easy, mm -hmm. right? It's like this, re it's this release of attachment. I used to hold on to everything so tightly, right? And I used to, I'd be like, okay, we're going to do this and it's going to be like this. And now I'm like, well, let's see how it goes. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. And the more that I'm willing to do that, the more I know that I'm aligned because I'm not trying to figure it all out. Mm -hmm. That was my definitely, I like to figure it all out. <laughs> yeah, that's really powerful. And I have two conversation streams happening in my brain at the same time at the moment. So one was 
people don't even give themselves enough time to consider, am I aligned or not? So that's why I thought that conversation around like, what does it feel like is so important because hopefully as people are listening, they'll start to think about, well, how do I feel? Do I feel like I am in alignment with what I really want? And that question alone so powerful and kind of scary. Yes. Right. Like that Mm -hmm. was scary for me when I started this, like really understanding this piece. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also spent a lot of time in the mind as opposed to listening to my whole self. Um, I, about two years ago, I started getting like serious messages from my body. Uh, We would be working on something and I hadn't quite figured out how to say all the things I needed to say. Um, but I was starting to get serious messages. Like when I, when I feel like we're off track, if we're focused somewhere where we're not, I get, I start getting nauseous. Like my, my sacral Mm -hmm. says, uh, timeout. And the more I was willing to say the words and say, Hey, I think we're, you know, off track or this isn't feeling right. Then it would just be a little one. Um, but if I ignored it, it would get bigger and I would feel like I was going to throw up. Mm. Um, it took me a while to figure out kind of what was going on and then to you get were using the, your tools initially to manage yourself. I was instead of honoring. Yes. It. And this right. is what happens in our field. People start learning personal development stuff and they think it's all about managing myself. So I'm not a bother to everybody else right. as opposed right. to using the tools to honor self. Yeah. Yeah. I just felt something like there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's, it's about to come out my eyes, but that, um, that concept of management versus honoring. And I think that that is a really important conversation to dive into. Because when I think about one, a a woman I was working with, and she was using that word manage all the time. And I said, you keep using the word manage. What does that mean to you? I, at the time, I didn't have the language to say, what do you need to, but what do you need to honor? And Yeah. yeah, thinking through those two things, I think is really important. Yeah, like the tools to manage great because maybe I need to manage right now so that I can honor later. But that requires building huge trust between my conscious and unconscious or subconscious, Mm -hmm. depending on what training you've had, right? There has to be trust and integration here. Otherwise, putting something on the shelf for an hour or a day isn't okay. Mm -hmm. It has to be done right now. It has to get bigger and bigger and bigger. But as professional trainers and leaders, if there's something going on in my world, I still need to show up, especially if I'm getting paid to speak or paid to train. That's right. Right. Right? I need to put whatever's going on with me on the shelf Mm -hmm. and show up. The thing is my unconscious mind. I'll say, I'll handle it at nine o'clock tonight. Like, okay. Mm -hmm. And it won't even come into my mind. But at nine o'clock, if I haven't pulled it off the shelf yet, I'm going to get it all. Yeah. Because that was the agreement. Mm -hmm. But I had to build that trust. Yeah. And so many in the, in our culture at the moment, we just do the managing piece and we don't don't do, we don't come back to it. It's just, it gets shoved down right into our bodies, into our health, into our families, into our relationships. It just all gets shoved down. And then, like you said, it kind of leaks out everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Into a tremor in my shoulder so that I couldn't even hold a cup without holding it with two hands. And within three months of starting a new life, that tremor was gone. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I had been living in a state of management for so long. 
and not doing the honoring component. Life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Tulusma. I'm a writer, an emotional intelligence coach, and the host of Humanize with Blue Tulusma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on Electricast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. Electricast. Sorry. Yeah. So the other stream of conversation that was going through my head was going back to what you were talking about, about the intellectual Mm -hmm. Right. Because we are very deeply trained that we have to figure it all out and we have to do it from here, from the brain. When I had that breakdown in the group, it was around that as well, because my identity was wrapped up in being an intellectual. Oh, we both have that T-shirt, too. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) It's nice to be in company. Yeah. Yeah. And so Mine has the little collar with a double button on top. Mine's a hemline. Yes. It's that when we have our identities wrapped up in being an academic and being an intellectual, and I can think of a thousand times I used it in ways to intimidate oh, other yeah. people. Oh, yeah. Pull it out like a badge. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a high value in my, it is a high value mm-hmm. in my family. Yes. Right. And so that's part of how I belonged mm-hmm. in my family. Yeah, absolutely. And it was a source of protection. Yeah. Yes. Because I couldn't bring any time I would bring up the emotional body in a school setting. Like I would immediately see people like lean back, start looking at Oh God, here she goes. She's talking about emotions again. <laughs> And so I would immediately have to throw that out because I was like, oh, that's not, that's not something that people are willing to engage in here. Okay. So let's put the academic wall back up and the, but it is the emotional body, right? We can't think our way out of emotional issues, right? And learning about how much of the, how much of the serotonin in your body is actually produced in your gut. Right. Right. It makes perfect sense why we yeah. have emo- like physical reactions yep. to things. 100%. Yeah. So how do you start people on that journey of detaching from the protection that they needed from mm-hmm. that intellectual and being able to lean into and trust their emotional bodies? So I'll tell you what helped for me mm-hmm. was to understand intellectually how my mind and body went together. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We call them frames. And yes. for me to understand how really my conscious mind is, depending on who's doing the math, five to 10% of all of me. Right? right. And if it wasn't for everything that's not personally aware right now, everything that's it's conscious or unconscious, then everything that's in there is making sure that my heart is beating, is handling all of these different homeostasis things that are going on. There's so much intelligence and genius mm-hmm. in my body that's going on. And also understanding that the things that I think plus my body create the emotions. Right. When I start to understand that the idea of thoughts become things is what I'm thinking, creating emotions, creating neurotransmitters that are being taken up in my body and how those can become habitual and how they lead to my behaviors. When I started to understand how it all worked, 
from a chemical perspective and then how it shows up mm-hmm. in my body physically. And that if I want to change something, if it made it all the way to my physical body, I have to sort it physically and emotionally and then mentally. Right? Like mm-hmm. if it came in this way, mm-hmm. it's got to go back out the way it came in. I can't yes. just sort it mentally. And once I got that intellectually, I was willing to dip my toe in and Mm -hmm. play a little bit. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't really until something sort of shocking happened. My cat passed away very unexpectedly. And I was home alone. And I'd been thinking about all of this. And I sat and I cried. And I decided I was going to stay in this moment present with it and observe it while I was feeling it. Like there's nothing else to do anyway. I'm just going to sit here. And I sat probably for an hour or so and the experience, I'll never forget it. It was such an intense and beautiful experience through that grief, sadness, anger, like all the different things that came through. But I felt like I was falling down, you know, Alice, when she first goes in, And the wardrobe goes by and the table (laughs) goes by, like thoughts would come up, but they would Mm -hmm. just keep going. If I didn't, if I just let them, they would just keep going. And I got to the bottom and I realized intellectually, oh, you've used up everything it takes to make neurotransmitters. You actually can't feel that anymore if you wanted to. But what I got instead was peace. Yeah. I went. Oh my goodness, I got it intellectually, but now I've had a physical experience of how my body is created. Mm-hmm. I can't actually ever get lost in the emotion. Chemistry says it's not possible. Mm-hmm. And I came out the other end and I got peace as my reward. Um, like the whole thing just shocked me at how, and it built a piece of trust. It built like the first brick in building trust or even pulling the first brick of the wall off is probably a better analogy that allowed me to start playing mm-hmm. and and really trusting in myself because I, I really believed that if I ever got into it, I'd never get back out again. Yeah. And and yes, I still grieved my cat and was yeah. still sad. But the thing is it um it was so much easier to go through the waves of grief and through the go the stages of grief because I honored that time. Mm-hmm. Like um it was a really special gift to myself that I don't think I'll ever forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really powerful. And when you said that line around, if I go into it, I don't think I'll ever get out. That's where so much lore resides, yes. right? In our society of, yeah, don't go into that. Don't feel that because once it starts, it will never stop. Yeah. Well, and I think for me, I had, um, I grew up with language around feelings because that's how my parents taught us, but it was all from an intellectual point of view, right? And we had words, right? When you do this, I feel this, like it was, it was great. It was way better than what most of my friends had. Um, it was all still from an intellectual perspective. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think for me, when I, because I had such a, uh, good, strong, um, layer of the intellect over top. As soon as I opened up to the, the soft inside, there was so much pressure in there Mm -hmm. from holding it all back that I would be in tears immediately. And it was just, it was, I didn't know what to do with it all. Um, and then people say what's wrong, right? And like, nothing's wrong. I just, and I just felt felt like, as opposed to, Oh, what's going on? Like what's happening? What's that? Assume that there's a problem. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. 
one of the things that really helped me was, I don't know if you've ever seen the, the emotion wheels where like at the, in the middle, it's like, you know, the big ones that we know, like mad, sad, glad kind of right. thing. Yeah. Um, but then the next layer out was like, if you take sad, here are some options. And then the next one, here are some options. Um, putting a broader choice of language mm -hmm. on different emotions was really helpful for me. We had a fair number in my family, um, but but mad wasn't really allowed. Like you could talk about being mad, but you couldn't actually be mad, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Like you'd say, I feel yeah. angry, but you couldn't actually like yell or be mad, right? Mm -hmm. And so starting to understand that there was a breadth of choice inside of the emotional label was super helpful for me because it gave me a lot more choice. I didn't have to go to mad. Like when I started to actually allow myself to be mad in my twenties, my poor sister was the, <laughs> she was the brunch cause she was the easy person to be mad at. And I knew she'd love me forever. So she was easy to practice on, mm -hmm. um, but it was like the pendulum, right? I, cause I had not done that at all. So then I went like to like, Rah! And so for, for me to realize I had so much more choice inside that emotion, um, gave me, uh, a, well, just gave me more choice. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And also knowing that you can feel multiple things at the same yes. time. Yes. Right. Like Mixed we, emotions is a thing. Yes, absolutely. Right. Duality is a real, like it's the kicker of our lifetime <laughs> Yep. because it is, it is all things. Like you can be angry and you can be watching yourself doing it at the same time. Yes. And also recognize the humanity of the person that you're angry at. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And have that place like, oh, sweetie. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, to <laughs> like, ourselves. Oh, uh -huh. yeah. 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 Where you're, it's that observer part that's watching and going, <laughs> oh, do we really? Okay. Yep. We're going to, we're going to do this and it's going to be okay. And it's going to be okay. Yeah. And we need yeah. to honor the anger because I think you're, I was thinking about something else you said earlier, and I think one of the things that happens is that we assign certain things to certain ages or certain developmental yes. groups, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Don't cry like a baby, right. right? That it's, you know, and as a teenager, oh, I cry all the time because it's hormones, you're a teenager, right? And the idea is that you grow out of it, right? The idea. But one of the things that we've discovered is that most people get stuck in independence, which is actually a teenage level of maturity interdependence is actually what adulthood is like and most people don't know how to do that and how if you can't bring your whole self to it you can't work interdependently with someone else no you can't even master independence without bringing your whole self including everything you're feeling because as soon as you shut it off like you're going to feel it anyway but if you don't finish feeling it then you stick it in the organ mm -hmm. like it stays in your body and then as you say, it comes out bigger later. Yeah. Like it, it just becomes so much pressure mm -hmm. and then it is inappropriate in the moment. Yes. Yeah. And then suddenly the emotion's wrong. No, the amount of emotion you have in your body right now is inappropriate. Go do something about it. Mm -hmm. Go, go cry it out. Go bang something. Go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Elbow grease is great for that. Yeah. Absolutely. Clean your bathroom, clean your bathroom, <laughs> scrub your tub. Yeah. The physical movement yeah. of work, actually working it out of your body. Because as you were talking about how you understood, I was like, of course, that makes perfect sense because we don't separate out intellect, emotions, physicality, soul. It all plays together. Yes. Yes. And we try so hard <laughs> to separate everything yes. out to make it neat, right? No, it, it, it's it, messy. It's, it's messy. messy. Yes. It flows, yeah. 
it is. It's just, it's, it's a beautiful kind of messy. Like it just, it is what it is. And I think this is the thing is our society has sort of created these boxes, right? We're supposed to show up in a certain way, in a certain place, and you're not allowed to have emotion. And, you know, in these places, you're not like vulnerability uh, gets labeled as weakness. Like it's all of this blah, blah that gets put on these things. And when we just can recognize that we are, we, wherever you are, there you are. Like mm -hmm. you got to bring your whole mm -hmm. self mm -hmm. and cutting off pieces of you is not, it's not healthy. It's not actually even possible. You're going to end up pulling your whole self around and just the more you ignore, the bigger it and louder it has to get. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it gets really loud. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Your needs are non-negotiable. Can you say that again? Your needs are non-negotiable. Yep. They will get met and they'll either get met on purpose or your unconscious mind will make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I feel like in the work that I'm doing with women, humans who are in this stage, that is what's happening. Yes. Yeah. Their needs have not been met for so long that the unconscious is now coming in and making it happen. Yep. They're like, and watch everyone's me. like, what the, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And it's such important work. And it's really terrifying for people because there just isn't an example, right? Right. There isn't models. No. In fact, I'll tell you what I need right now is a tissue. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, let me, let me get that. I will model. Right I have a need. <laughs> there you go. Tissue box. Yes. Thank you. I have, a, I have a runny nose. Yes. There we go. I'll leave that there so your needs can be met whenever you need them. <laughs> Thank you. Well, conscious mind thanks you. <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> okay, so tell me about what, so you've created this community yeah. of humans who are doing really interesting things, yeah. um, not just here, but across the, across the globe. Yeah. Yeah. So what are, what's, what's coming out of that? What are the things that you're noticing? Ooh, good question. So I think one of the coolest things that we're noticing is um, that as our community really starts to learn the skills of independence and they fully stand in their own independence, they're now able to really create interdependence. And this for many people is brand new, right? They've done collaboration, they've done compromise, but interdependence is not that. And in order, and they've done codependence, which is icky. It's, mm -hmm. it's, yeah. And so really being able to step into an interdependent relationship for a period of time and create something bigger than they could do by themselves. Mm -hmm. That's so fun. It's so fun to watch. It's fun. And we get to model it because this is what, this has been our sort of learning edge over the last five years. And um, being able to see that happening in our community is so exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we've been testing out the training, making sure we got proof of concept. Yep. Understanding that we've got the right density, pressure, what's going on, that we're staying out where we need to stay out, making sure it's not about us. Right? Yes. It can't be the Karen and Karen show. No, no, no. Because <laughs> it can easily be. Yep. And so now we're in the place where we're building everything we need in behind to support real growth. Yes. That's so exciting. That is exciting. Yeah. Because yeah, we've yeah. been holding back on the growth piece because we've really wanted to be sure that we could do it properly. 
that right. people wouldn't come in and get lost because they do have to build skill sets when they come in. Yes. So how do we make sure that training happens, that it happens the way they need it, that people are getting sort of sifted and sorted so they come in the way they need to, so they can get real value out of it. So excited about that. Yeah. And they can come in and stay because they feel the kind of connection that you felt immediately and that they get connected with the right people at the right time and really um, have a place for them to blossom and, and uh, for themselves and also uh, a place for them to like add fertilizer to the community, which is so fun because mm -hmm. every single person who comes in brings their own magic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's such a lovely uh, visual, right? Of each person coming in with their own little spark of magic. Yeah. And it is, I think what feels so good for me is that it is the antithesis of competition. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it really is. It is this moment of everybody sharing what they're doing. And I also have that in me where if I see someone at, especially in my before life, I always would feel like, well, why isn't that me? How come I'm not doing that? And now I'm able to say, no, there's room for all of us. Yes. And we all are doing something that is connected and different and suiting the needs of all of the vast humanity that's out there. Yeah. Yeah. So congratulations Thank on you. creating something so cool. Thank you. Mm -hmm. We love it. Yeah. That's great. Um, what is, so what is the next step for you? Well, we've got, as you know, our moon cycle planning. Yes. So we are, we do have room for a few more members who want to come in and learn it and come and play with us. So we're doing that. And we're really, we're just really excited about being able to launch the, the onboarding in a way that we mm -hmm. need to. Um, that's really the next biggest thing for us, yeah. I think, is just really nailing that piece mm -hmm. so that we can start to grow the membership. And we've already moved in this great new virtual space, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, which we're loving. Yes. Yeah. Like you actually get to see yourself move around on the floor. I know, it's so fun. So much fun. Yeah. yeah. It is very exciting. <laughs> but yeah, that's the next big thing. We've got the cycle planning coming up. Yeah. And so that's happening. And really prepping, we're booking the space for the big planning, the mm -hmm. big retreat next March. spring. Yep. yep. So having people in for that. And that that's super fun. We, we've really enjoyed being able to take uh, really what we were doing for on business planning um, using the moon cycles and creating it into a structure that, uh, that we could actually share with other people mm -hmm. because we, we had done it for ourselves, but then to actually see the experience that other people are having with it and having it work as well, or sometimes even better for them than it does for us. <laughs> mm -hmm. is so fun. And so being able to, um, create the space, the breathing room with a different kind of business planning. That's not so, um, nine, six, 30, 60, 90, bang, bang, bang. Mm -hmm. right? It's got this room to breathe. And so, yeah, that's the next, we are, we're, yeah. we're teaching that piece and, the next few weeks. So that's exciting. Mm -hmm. It is exciting. And that planning piece alone with the, do, well, do you want to talk a little bit about what the moon cycle is? Sure. Absolutely. So one of the things that we realized that, yeah, we were both into the 30, 60, 90, and it was such a masculine way to do things. It was creating oh unnecessary stress. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to move in a place where there was much more balance between the masculine and feminine. We didn't yes. want to abandon the masculine, but we wanted to bring in the feminine yeah. and still get things done. Yes. We wanted flow and function. Yes. We wanted both of those things. And we're like, how do we do this? So yeah. the first thing we did 
was disconnect from the Gregorian calendar. We're not doing 3069, yeah. the January, February. I mean, for CRA, of course, like, I mean, taxes we still have to put the taxes in. <laughs> mm -hmm. So basically we decided let's find something else that we can use. So we started going new moon. Well, we started going full moon to full moon and that was not a good experiment. No, no, no. So we went... <laughs> We moved to new moon to new moon. And what this yeah. naturally started to create was this expansion and contraction, this breathing mm -hmm. inside of our business. Mm -hmm. Because during the new moon, it was more inside reflection time. Put your filing away, yeah. straighten things up, do some mindless activities, rename files, whatever. And then just build up to being more external or, or doing bigger things and then back again. And so that was, you know, roughly four weeks. So we decided yeah. that let's use fours. Four is yeah. also like a great number for manifestation. So, so four new moons to new moons, which is called a period, four mm -hmm. periods, because we're women and that made me, I like mm -hmm. it when it's witty. So, <laughs> so we decided four periods would be a cycle also witty. Yeah. So, um, and then four of those, so roughly 15, 16 months is a giraffe because uh, that's roughly how long it takes for a giraffe to be gestated and mm -hmm. born. So basically you pick one thing that you're gonna, that you're actually gonna bring into the world over those four cycles inside that giraffe. And then you plug into your own intuition, your own wisdom with what, what is it that you need to do in those four cycles to do that. And then from there, you can just focus in on these four periods inside yeah. the cycle. What do I need to bring in and complete and then you can just focus in on whatever period you're in. What do I need to do to move that forward? Mm -hmm. So instead of this race, 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 there's all this space. Mm -hmm. Oh, lovely. And yeah. the biggest part I think that makes it the most successful is that every time we get together to do any planning, whether it's on a period, a cycle, a giraffe, the first thing we do is reflect, which yeah. is what the moon's about. Yes. What did you do really well over that last piece? What did you want to see more of? And overall, what did you rock? And people are looking back and going, oh, I had a lot more done yeah. than I thought. I actually did the thing I said. I didn't even know I did all the things I said. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, I showed up in a new way. Oh, I, I asked myself to, like, I challenged myself to be something I didn't think I could do. Like, it's so cool. Mm -hmm. yeah, I took yeah. all that extra time because my family was here visiting yeah. and I still managed to move this forward, this forward. So unchecked all of those same people would have been beating themselves yeah. up for where they weren't in their business, which would have slowed them down. Yes. So they would have actually been further behind. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. So it's, it, you don't even have to believe that the moon has any power. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a great rhythm. The yes. point is you've got rhythm, you've got flow, you still have function yes. and you're working with how human beings are created and wired as opposed mm -hmm. to against them. Yes. Well, it is that beautiful feeling of lungs, yes. right? Inflating, deflating, instead of holding your breath. Yeah. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. And nothing happens when you hold your breath. No. No. But yeah, literally. literally. Everything <laughs> happens while you're breathing. Yes. So, well, thank you so much for being here this week. This was such a fun conversation. So fun. We will have to do it again. Yes. Love that. Um, and this is the last episode of season one wow. for Transforming 45. Yes, it's exciting. I am taking a bit of a break to have some adventures and to refill, to fill my lungs and stop nice. holding my breath. And we will be back in September for season two. Yay. Yeah. Thanks.
If you're a working professional wondering what's next for your career, you've come to the right place. Whether you're looking for a promotion, growth, or a potential career transition, look no further. With over 30 years working in a variety of industries, I share my insider knowledge with those ready to get ahead on Career Advancement with Craig Ansell. Tune in to get your strategies for success. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid.